You're listening to the Forefront Church Sermon Podcast. Forefront Church is a progressive Christian community more interested in asking good questions than having all the right answers. Thanks for listening. All right, so let us begin with this passage. It goes like this. It says, They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus got out of the boat, the man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. The man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had been chained hand and foot. But he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the Most High? God. In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. And then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on a nearby hillside, and the demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. And he gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs and the herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down a steep bank into the lake and were drowned. And like we say when we read scripture, thanks be to God for that one. Am I right? Okay, like I said up front, uh, content warning, we're going to talk about mental health. If you're not up for it, that's okay. As Mac announcements, we have smaller groups that might feel like a safer space for you. If that's uh, something you want to be a part of, feel free to be a part of that. And like I mentioned up front, if you are looking for counseling references, if you're looking for care, we can offer that as well. So don't hesitate. I have two more caveats to make because this is caveat Sunday for Jonathan. Uh, The second caveat is this. We're going to talk about demons in terms of mental health and mental challenge today. Now, We're not going to stay in that place, but we're going to start in that place, okay? The truth of the matter is that we don't necessarily know what's being talked about in Scripture when demons are being talked about. A lot of people do think uh, they're they're referencing folks with some mental health issues that— because it was 2,000 years ago, couldn't be diagnosed, okay? Some people think that it was uh, they were folks who dealt with lifelong diseases, such as like smallpox, polio, things like that. And then other people just say, no, demons are real. They, they had demons. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the, the right answer is. I, I think most of us would say it's mental health issues, but we don't know for sure. For the sake of today, like I said, I'm going to start by calling some of these issues demons, But like I also said, we're not going to stay with that language, okay? So before you're like, hey, I don't feel like I have a demon, you don't, right? I'm just just using it for metaphorical purposes. And then lastly, I feel differently about this passage. Normally, I like to preach from culture and context. Normally, I like to think about things historically and what was going on at the time. I'm not going to do any of that really this time around. I think when I started reading this passage, it kind of got me. I was... I was more like, wow, this feels akin to some of my story, maybe. And so let this just be the beginning of a conversation, not necessarily uh, what Jonathan says goes. I hope that we continue to talk about this long after this message is over. And I hope that, that you'll be a part of those conversations as well. All right. So all of that is out of the way. Where do I go from here? When I read this passage about someone called a, a demoniac who tears uh, their chains off and, you know, these demons get thrown into pigs. What do I think? What do I feel? I think the first thing I think and feels that I've been tormented and there's something similar that's been gone on, going on in my life 
for as long as I can remember. I remember being five, five years old, got on the bus to go to kindergarten, got off the bus. The aides are usually there to pick you up, but this time they weren't there. And the bus driver left. And so we sat out there for, I don't know, two minutes, two hours. I don't know how long we were out there for. I just remember that I threw up. Now, why did I throw up? Not because I, I threw up because I was scared. I threw up because I was anxious. It's the first time I remember anxiety being with me. And I remember the next day I wouldn't go back on the bus. My parents had to drive me to school. And I don't know how long that happened. Y'all have to ask my parents about that. But I remember that's the first time I met my old pal, anxiety. And here's the thing. Um, uh, you know, this demon has a name, Legion. I'm going to name mine, okay? And I'm going to name it Doug. Apologies to any Dougs that are out there. But Doug has stuck with me for, for a while. Doug was with me throughout school, right? You might know about Doug. He shows up in class, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you get those weird butterflies in your stomach, and you feel like you might pass out. And, and you're like, Doug, what are you doing? Not right now. I'm busy. And Doug's like, I don't care how busy you are. Or maybe you were on a sports team, acting, whatever the case may be, like I was. And Doug would show up and say, hey, you're not good enough. You're not good enough to do this. You should leave. You should get out of here. Right? Did Doug, my Doug did that to me. You know, what Doug did to me often was whenever I was in a conversation and I wasn't feeling good or I was feeling worried or upset or anxious, Doug would often say to me, hey, don't tell anybody else. If you tell other people, they're not going to believe you. And if you tell other people that you're a Christian and that you're dealing with me, they're especially not going to believe you. Maybe they're even going to tell you that you need Jesus or you need to pray or you need more faith or you need to read your Bible or you need to volunteer or whatever the case may be. So don't say anything to anybody because the truth is you feel way worse than they do. That's what Doug says to me a lot. As I've gotten older, in fact, now, Doug and I are still tied at the hip. In fact, uh, during COVID, it's been a really rough time. Doug's been like my best friend. We went to the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist gave me my invoice and the invoice said that I had a major depressive disorder. And Doug sat there and Doug, Doug was like, you're amazing, way to go, major depressive disorder. And meanwhile, I'm sitting there trying to figure out how it got this bad. How, how did I get to feel this way? And what Doug always does is Doug goes, keep feeling this way. In fact, just lay in bed. There's no point for you to get up because you're a failure anyway, because people don't need you and your contribution to the world doesn't really matter all that much. So I listen sometimes to that. I listen to Doug and and yeah, I'm on meds. And by the way, just a quick aside, I am on meds and not only am I on meds and not only do they help, if y'all have questions about medication, I'm always happy to chat with you about it. I'm always happy to tell you what I take, why I take it, side effects, so on and so forth. But what the meds do is they tell Doug not to come back for a little bit. And so Doug will go away and every now and again, Doug pops back in and Doug pops back in with his little suitcase and is like, hey, I'm gonna stick around for a couple of days. Is that all right with you? That's who Doug is in my life. And when I read this passage, the first thing that I'm drawn to is the fact that I, too, in some ways, feel like I'm suffering. And the truth of the matter is I know I'm not alone, but I feel alone in that suffering. And so because I feel alone in that suffering, I try to numb it out. Maybe I drink too much, eat too much, watch TV, whatever the case may be. Something just to numb out whatever it is I'm feeling. Because the truth is Doug's right there going, don't tell. Telling is the worst thing you can possibly do. How about us? Anybody else relate to this? Y'all name 
your anxiety, you name your depression, you name what it is that you have, right? We, we have it, right? And the truth that lie that we're alone, that is false. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. In fact, the only time I'm really going to get into anything uh, technical is to sh tell you a few of these facts, right? It says that, that 60 million Americans will experience mental health in any given year. That's like one in five adults, which means about 20 of you watching right now are experiencing what I'm experiencing right what else well in 2018 20,000 US adults uh, were, were a part of a survey by Cigna Healthcare and we found out that nearly half of Americans often feel left out or alone 42% of adults say anxiety has a negative impact on their most important relationships and 39% say the same thing regarding depression so the first thing we have to hear in this is okay we're not alone we're not alone. And what interests me about what Jesus is up to when Jesus is healing people of demons is that Jesus isn't necessarily just healing. In fact, I really want to take a second and talk about all the times that Jesus heals people of demons. And this is what it says every time. It says this, for instance, the one we just read, my name is Legion for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again to send them out of the area. And behold, they cried out, what do you have to do with us, O son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Those are demons again talking to Jesus. What would you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. Again, demons talking to Jesus. And then in James, it says, you believe that God is one. Well, even the demons believe and they shudder. So every time Jesus shows up to heal someone who has a demon, they're incredibly afraid. They're incredibly Scared. Now, why is that the case? I got to imagine what might happen if Jesus showed up to talk to Doug. How would Doug feel about it all? And the truth of the matter is I think that Doug would be pissed. Why would Doug be pissed? I'll tell you why Doug would be pissed. It's the same reason uh, that we see with this man possessed with demons, right? Who is this man possessed with demons? Well, he's alone. He's isolated. He's in pain and he's out of control. And I think when we're most affected by our mental health challenges, those, at those times, we feel isolated, we feel alone, we feel in pain, and we feel out of control. And so when Jesus is coming to heal, Jesus isn't healing in, in such a way where he says, well, your sickness is gone, everything's going to be okay. No, Jesus is specifically addressing feelings of isolation, being alone being in pain, and being out of control. And so here's the thing about demons, right? I think our demons totally recognize Jesus right out of the gate, and the demons are afraid of him, right? Which is why the demons try to get us to stay away from people, you ready? Who may remind us how loved we are. Our demons want nothing to do with the love of God in Christ Jesus, and so they try to isolate us and tell us we are not worthy to be called children of God. And these lies are simply things by which Jesus will not abide. And so how does Jesus heal? Well, Jesus, yeah, he heals. But what I find way more important is in Jesus's healing, he's always restoring and reconciling those who feel alone and isolated back into community. So I think about every time in this specific situation, this, this man who was possessed said, Jesus, I want to go with you. And Jesus goes, no, nah, you need to go back to your community. 
You need to go back there and be with them. And I think about other times. Jesus heals uh, the widow's son, and the widow's son says, Jesus, I want to travel with you. And he goes, no, you need to go back with your family. Or last week we talked about that withered hand, and the withered hand gets healed. And, and Jesus says, no, now go back and be in community with the religious folks who, who, who saw you previously. You see, when Jesus is talking about healing, Jesus isn't talking about fixing something. The truth of the matter is no amount of praying, no amount of reading our scriptures, no amount of volunteering more at church, no amount of faith is going to fix what's going on in our heads. That's just the bottom line. Jesus knows it. We know it. And here's what is okay about that. Jesus says you're healed when you're restored back to community. You're healed when you stop believing that you're isolated in this issue, in this challenge, in this pain, in this demon. You're healed when you go to your community and say, hey, community, Doug's acting up today. Community, I don't know if I can handle what's going on in my life. I want to stay in bed. And what does the community do? Well, we're all here for one another to say, hey, there's nothing that you can do about that because you're you're, going to be okay. But here's what I can tell you. I can tell you you're fully loved. I can tell you you're made in the image of God. I can tell you God wants to use you to bring the kingdom of heaven, Doug's and all. Now, you might be sitting there going, wait a second, wait, 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 wait. I get that I'm loved by God, but you're telling me that some of these more difficult parts, the parts that are called demon in the scriptures, those parts are used by God too? That's exactly what we're saying. That's exactly it. Now, listen, I say this often. I preach about it all the time. In fact, I wrote a book, and it's a chapter in my book. (laughs) But here's the deal. When God talks about good, God doesn't mean good like we know it. It's not like a happy thing. It's not like good fortune. When God talks about good, God is saying it's all for its intended purpose. That means you get the good with the challenging parts. That's what it means. Good is for its intended purpose. And so what God says is, I see you, and I see the parts that you consider good, and I see the parts that you think are demons. And what I'm here to tell you is that all of it is used for my purpose. All of it is used to bring the kingdom of heaven to this place. Now, if that's not enough for you, then we just simply look at the life of Jesus. And when I look at the life of Jesus, I see someone who is tormented. I see someone who is dealing with mental health challenges. I see someone with those issues. I see confusion. I see isolation. I see anger. I see sadness. I I see just deep depression. You know, Jesus says, let this cup pass from me. I see someone who feels completely and utterly abandoned. And if Jesus is the idea of perfection, well, then all those feelings, all those feelings are perfection as well. And all those feelings are used to bring the kingdom of heaven in the same way that Jesus brings the kingdom of heaven. You see, the truth of the matter is, it's been a lie that we've been told that we can handle this on our own. It's a lie that we've been told that uh, that if we just pray harder, have more faith, or whatever the case, that we'll be healed. No, the truth of the matter is, is when Jesus is in the business of healing, healing is always going to be restored back to community. And when we're restored back to community, those demons lose their power. That's why they're so afraid. So when I tell you about Doug, Doug loses Doug's power. Doug can no longer hang because what I have is a community who says, Doug's not the person you identify with. Doug is just part of you that is to be used to bring the kingdom of God. And when Doug loses Doug's power, here's what's beautiful. No longer do I think of Doug as a demon or a mental challenge or a mental illness or whatever. 
Negative Doug is just being a neurodiverse part of me. That's what I get to do. And yeah, this neurodiverse part of me, it's a pain in the butt sometimes. It shows up in, in unwanted times and unwanted places. But this neurodiverse part of me is seen as so good and so full of love that God uses it to bring God's kingdom. And so maybe you have these neurodiverse parts of you and you've seen them as demons. Bring them to the community because when Jesus is in the business of healing, Jesus is in the business of, of restoring us back to community. That's what Jesus is in the business of doing. And when you are able to say, hey, this thing's affecting me, no longer is it a demon. Now it's part of your neurodiversity that allows you, allows you to be a part of bringing the kingdom. So where do you stand today? Where do you stand today? I want to tell you this, that there's power and healing when the thing that we call darkness is brought into light. Because when it's brought into light, it's a miracle that we get to experience. And in the Jesus business, community is always a part of healing. How many of you are feeling isolated right now are feeling like what you're experiencing is darkness? How many of you have that voice in your ear saying to you, don't do it? Don't tell anybody because you're worse off than they are. That's a lie. That voice is a lie. And when you are able to call that darkness out, that darkness turns to light. It's a miracle that we get to experience because in the Jesus business, when you bring that out to community, that's how our healing takes place. What about your family, your, your old Christian friends for you who grew up in the church, the ones who said to you, just pray it away. Just pray it away. You know what you get to say to them? You get to say to them, no, no, I'm not going to pray it away. I'm going to deal with this. And in dealing with it, God uses it to bring God's kingdom. And I'm fully made in, the, in, the, in, in God's image. And not only fully made in God's image, but this, this part of me that I don't like is also part of God's image. And so, y'all, you can go take a walk. Or you could say something worse. I'm just going to say take a walk right now. Because the truth of the matter is there's power and healing when we take what we think is darkness and we bring it to light. And we bring it to light. It's a good miracle that we get to experience because in the Jesus business, community is always a part of this healing. Maybe you're afraid. Maybe you're afraid right now. I don't want to talk about it. If I talk about it, it's going to open up a Pandora's box and then I am going to have to get help and I am going to have to seek counseling. Good. Because there will be healing in this community. Call it out. Name it. And in doing so, it will lose its power. In doing so, we will be here to tell you that you are okay, that you are supported, that you are loved, that you are made in the image of God. You see that darkness turns to light and that demon turns into your neurodiversity that brings the kingdom of heaven. Know that that's the case. And today you might be sitting there, you might be going, you know, I, I couldn't get out of bed. This, the, the demon got the best of me. The demon got the best of me. And instead of saying that language, what I want you to think about saying is, hey, today wasn't the day for me to get out of bed. It wasn't a demon, though. It's my neurodiversity and I need a bit of a break. And frankly speaking, that changes our outlook on it. It's not something that we have to drag with us or carry with us. It's not something that makes us disabled. It's something where we are fully abled. And in being fully abled, we draw good boundaries. We create good consistency. We take breaks always recognizing that we are bringing darkness into the light and always recognizing that as long as we are giving up to the community, there's gonna be healing in that process.
This is hard. Doug doesn't leave me completely. Doug always comes back. But I think what I'm learning, at least for today, is that Doug is a part of the restoration of this kingdom. And maybe Doug's a part of the restoration of this kingdom just by me naming Doug today and letting you know that I'm dealing with something that you all might be dealing with today. And maybe for that reason, healing starts to take place. I want to lead us into a time of prayer. I want to lead us into a time where we're going to start to think maybe about some of the things that we call demons. Maybe you're past that. Maybe you're ready to think about this as being neurodiverse. You're, you're, maybe that's where you're at at this point. Good, good. But we're going to go into a time of prayer. Benny's going to sing a song that's going to, you know, there's a bit of a meditation that's going to happen. And we want to offer prayer up to you. Okay? We want you to listen. We want you to meditate. We want you to know that when you bring your struggle to all this community, there is healing that is going to happen in the same way that Jesus heals this man of demons. So let me start us off by praying this prayer for us right now. You are made in the image of God. You are loved and supported. And your courageous act of not being okay makes the demons shudder. So name your demons, bring them to the world, and in the process, take away their power. And know that we are clothed, every single one of us are clothed in the good news of Jesus Christ, the one who demons fear. Claim it, embrace it, and use your neurodiversity to bring a miracle God's kingdom. And to this, I want to say amen and amen. Thanks for listening to the Forefront Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Forefront and how we're ushering in the next 500 years of Christianity, visit ForefrontChurch.com.